Welcome to episode number 50 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Dade, and my co-hosts are Les and Lenore. Tonight, we're talking about journaling. But first, let's talk about what we're drinking. So, unfortunately, I'm consuming some Keurig coffee. I think it's called Toasted Marshmallow something or other. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really kind of horrible. Um, Gina takes handfuls of K-cups from work because they have so much of it. Um, But now that I know that I can drink coffee again and not freak out, I'm definitely going to be moving towards something better because I can't like I'm drinking it for the caffeine purposes and that's it. It tastes it's hard horrible. to see how you could go to something worse. You'd be better off with a truck stop coffee. Right. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> Truth. Um, so yeah, so no more Keurig, um, after this week. Um, and I am writing with a Blackwing 811, um, in a field notes, um, XOXO, the latest edition, which makes me think of the 90s so much, and I love it. Um, I posted a picture on my Instagram, actually, um, a couple days ago. Um, so speaking of the Blackwing 811, um, have either of you got your hands on one of them yet? I have, and they are lovely, lovely. Yes. Um, Less. Nope, I have okay. not. But I will say the um, so I've got a a pretty decent quality UV flashlight because I'm a nerd and I like things that glow in the dark. Yeah. And the phosphorescence on these fades really quickly. Like they glow for seconds and then it's already noticeably dimmer. And, you know, in less than a minute, they've completely quit glowing in the dark. So it's a little bit. It's not a lot. Like I'm trying. It's still a plot. Right. Like I'm working on a journal ent- or a blog entry, journal entry, <laughs> I'm working on a blog entry about them. And I was trying to get like a good in the dark picture. And I just can't like I, I charged them in the sunlight. I charged them under a lamp. And you're right. It's just not it's not working. Like it's not bright enough. Or if it is, it's very brief. Right. It's got to be a lot of UV and then take the picture really fast. Right. So it's not worth my time to do that. People can use their imagination. Um, Did you see mine? Yes. I put yes. up the picture of the box. So Yeah. Um, I like them so far. I, I don't like, after using the natural for a while, I don't like the softness of the graphite. That's just me. Um, but uh, I Did don't... Did you have... find the natural to be extra firm? Because a lot of people, I haven't really done the comparison, but a lot of people were saying it was just as, that it like, wasn't any it... firmer. I found it to be firmer. Um, not extra. It's weird. So it was darker than an extra firm, but had the point retention of an extra firm. Um, because I've been I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons and using pencils for my character sheets, and you have to write really small. And the natural, I had no trouble. Where the eight eleven, I had to constantly sharpen. So yeah, that's that's the one kind of thing where I kind of like um, a V Arco or a Stadler because they have the yeah, I normally don't like them because they're too um, too hard for me. But yeah. they do really keep a point. So if you're writing small, right, right, in a planner or something like that, it's nice to have that sharp point. Yeah, and then um, Johnny had posted, I think, the first review of them and um, said that people may not like the 811 um, due to the texture of the wrap on the pencil. Your hands may slip or whatever. I haven't had that problem yet. 
I do appreciate that this time around that they've used a wrap. You can't it's really hard to see the seam. Remember on the I forget what number it was, but the jade pencils. The two oh five. Yeah. I didn't even notice this one was a wrap. Yeah. Crap, now I gotta go find one. <laughs> so so like the two oh fives were it was noticeable and I just didn't like them anyway. But um yeah, they've done a really, really good job using a wrap. But that's it for the 811. Um, the other thing in my universe that is new is the Baron Fig Grow. Um, I'm still waiting on my review copy, but I had a conversation with um, folks over at Baron Fig um, about the journal, and I've looked at the um, stuff that they sent me about the journal, and I'm actually looking forward to this. Um, we'll talk more about it when we get to the main topic, but for me, I think it's going to work perfectly for what I want to do um, with journaling. Um, so the only thing I wish uh, Baron Fig did was not um, – I wish they didn't use their – traditional gray color for the journal. I don't know if, if any of you have seen pictures of it yet. I saw the the link that you sent me um, yeah. for the show. I'm, I'm not sure how I missed it um, in like the review request thing mm -hmm. um, because this is something I definitely would have requested because it's right up my alley in terms of like speed journaling and things like that. I mean, I would reach out. I still think it's... I mean, I didn't even get mine yet, so... Yeah, I'm planning on it. But I wish that, I don't know, like, I get, you know, gray. I mean, it it's kind of their thing. And I do like the yellow. Um, yeah, that looks good together. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, really sharp. Yeah, so I'm looking forward. I like forward the gray. To, I'm looking forward to getting that in the mail and trying it out. Um, and then outside of the stationary world, um... I just downloaded Final Fantasy VII for Nintendo Switch. Um, it's a game that I adore. It's my favorite video game of all time. Um, and they're finally re-releasing them. Um, so I've been playing that a little bit too much. Um, and I've also been working on a solo Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Um, it's really hard for me to find gaming groups around here that are not toxic. Um, a lot of gaming gatherings that I've gone to... Um, either involve obnoxious folks or basically like I'm the only queer person or whatever the case, they're just not comfortable. So I found a couple of really cool YouTube videos of a woman who only plays um, RPGs solo by herself. Um, and so I've gotten a lot of good resources from that. Um, I'll post the links in the show notes, but so I'm basically going to create my own campaign from the ground up. So it's kind of like interactive storytelling with some dice rolling so cool um yeah it's really interesting um so i will offline share with you a twitter handle for um an acquaintance of mine who is okay. running an online um queer um D, D campaign on roll nice. 20 so i'll give nice. you i'll give you her information cool um and I'm pretty sure it's including it's inclusive. So it's, it's also, it's, it's not turfy. Just throwing that out. Yes. Thank you. So. Cause that's, that was the other issue. Like I did find one queer group around me and it was like, yeah, you know, like queer, whatever. And it was just weird and awkward and yeah, oh, not good. 
So, but cool. I'm looking forward to that. So that's, that's what's new and exciting in my world. Um, Lenore, what about you? So I'm sitting here staring at this 811 since you told me it was wrapped. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had to, like, I had to go look. And yeah, they did a really, really good job with it. Like I, I can find the seam. Right, right. You can see but it. But I would never have guessed it was a seam. I would have just thought it was like a, you know, lengthwise streak in the paint. So that's nice. Right. But the reason that it, like you could never see, it wasn't the overlap of the seam with the 205 that was the problem anyway. It was the mismatch of the pattern. And so since yes. this doesn't have a pattern on it, you know, they could have been applying it exactly the same way and it still wouldn't, you wouldn't notice. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's such a pretty, I mean, and so the, um, the darker end near the ferrule, since you have them in hand, uh, yeah. Isn't it exactly the same color as that kind of transparent plastic Easter grass that you used to get for Easter baskets when we yes. were kids? The grass that Gina absolutely hates because animals come into the animal hospital with foreign oh, bodies. Do they because... still make it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know they still made it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's like exactly horrible. that color. Cats enjoy eating it and then they have to go to the vet and owners have to pay a thousand dollars because nice. their cat is sick. So yeah, no, I totally knew what you were talking about when you had posted that. <laughs> okay. Um, I've got the new field notes, which I, <laughs> like all field notes offerings, they're seem they seem to be polarizing, you know? Yes. Cause yeah, holy crap. Almost nobody can just be like, eh, they're fine, right? right because right. if if that's all you can say about them, you're kind of pissed, you know? Like, eh, they're fine means that, like, you were not catered to and you have to be angry about that, I guess, right. if you're in field notes. And um, I really like them. I really do. And this holographic foil thing they've got on them is just so much fun you know because it's like the reflective strips around the street signs uh-huh. and um then there's these i think that they're kind of dark midnight bulls in the one with the in the in the deer one that has the dark blue foil on it mm-hmm. and then the other two have white foil and they have white staples oh. and it's a dot grid i love it i love it and this map reimagining the the interstate highway system as like, you know, in the form of a subway map. Uh huh. I love it. It's so great. And then on the back side of it, it's got all of the, you know, like facts about the highway system and then um, uh, changing a tire, jumping a battery, um, you know, and then because it's Draplin, right? It's got it's got CB lingo. Yeah. And then sign colors and shapes. No, I mean, it's just really great. It's so much cool. fun. It feels kind of retro and I don't know. I really now, like it. So. I, saw, I don't know if it was, did you post pictures of them, Lenore? Or was no, I have else? not put up pictures. Okay. So someone else posted a picture of the holographic like foil. It uh-huh. looked like it had sparkles in it. Well, it's kind of like there's those nail polishes that have little, um, like little hexagonal. Yeah. Um plates of holographic glitter uh-huh it's kind of like that okay so like as you turn it around it's little it's little sparkles and they're not glitter okay but they are little 
little circles or or little plates of of holograph effect. So it kind of looks sparkly as you rotate it. Cool. And I just really like it. I think it's fun. I think it's you know it's fun and it's um you know like I said it's kind of retro and it feels very very draplin and very kind of tongue in cheek but also and then there's the whole manifest destiny thing which is a downer but still yeah. And then uh, I recently finished all of, I think I've already talked about this. I, I finished all of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series with Spawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were watching some Marvel movies, you know, kind of watching through those. But we started the Lord of the Rings movies last week. Mm. So that's been really fun because she's totally into it. But I'm constantly like, well, that's not how it happened in the books. You know? <laughs> so, and then the second movie, which I could have sworn I would have seen at midnight when it came out. I don't know. Um, there were whole things in it that I have no recollection of at all. And then like it stops a chapter, almost two chapters short of the end of the second book. And completely also changes a significant part of the story, you know, kind of like if Romeo and Juliet's parents hadn't really been bothered by them getting together, you know, like it's like, it's a huge plot change that was annoying. So I don't know, but I'm still going to watch the third one anyway. Have you listened to the interview with James Marsters on buffering the vampire slayer? I have not gotten to listen to it yet. So good. I really, yeah. Yep. I'm excited about getting to do that this week, but I have not gotten to do it yet. I'm behind on buffering and angel on top. Mm. It's good. So that's all that's new with me. How about you, Les? So I don't know if you guys know about Johnny's blog post over on the Write Notepads blog about um, basically the importance of writing and taking notes through writing. Oh, another thing I haven't got to read yet. I was unaware. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, Johnny's a great writer. But also, I think uh, I saw that he is going to be writing more on their blog on like a more regular basis. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, So also, um, less positive news. Um, There's been a huge brouhaha over in the Erasables uh, Facebook group about the price jump by Palomino Blackwig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How dare they change their prices? Well, right. and here's here's what I have to say, and I think this is where a lot of the the crankiness and anger is coming from. I think that the Black Wings and Black Wing volumes are at the very height of the Icarus point for most people, and I'm one of those people. Like I haven't bought a Black Wing uh, box, a full box of Black Wings since before Volume One. I think 73 was the last one that I actually purchased. And then I've traded for other boxes after that. And anything that I'm not super excited about, I've just bought singles. Yeah. uh, Or traded for singles. And so, like, for me, I was very aware of the fact that Black Wings were at this point of too much money, not enough bang for my buck compared to what I can get from other pencils. And I think a lot of people are reaching that point with Black Wings that they're not enough, given that there are so many good pencils out there, that Black Wings just priced themselves out of a lot of people's purchasing budgets. 
Yeah. So a lot of a lot of crankiness, a lot of like conspiracy theory. Like, oh, yeah, that's where whoa. I whoa. Like, put on your tinfoil hats, buddy. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, this is. I don't get this. Like, why do you need a conspiracy? To, to raise, raise prices? prices on a premium item. Well, you don't, but I think that's part. Like people are angry, and anger translates to conspiracies. And uh, this is basic capitalism. But this—that's beyond the point of this podcast. But it's basic <laughs> capitalism. When you have a corporation, their primary function is to make a profit. And if they're not making enough of a profit, then they actually have—they're beholden to their stockholders to increase that profit. And when there are increases in the price of the goods that they use to make those products and you see profits go down, stockholders turn around and be like, where's my money? Right. Um, and then we're playing the Rihanna song, give me my money. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can go and search for that. Maybe I'll put a link in the <laughs> But it's not safe for work. Um, so anyway, uh, so yeah, there's that. I, I just thought it was like an interesting conversational piece, um, of where that Icarus pointed go. And it's, and it keeps going. We, we keep hitting this conversational piece that we started a couple of like month, a month ago now at this point about what is that Icarus point? Where is your bang for your buck versus what you're actually going to enjoy using versus feeling too guilty to use and just have it be a collectible right uh, i don't know it keeps coming up yeah okay so um black wings were already approximately two dollars a pencil for the regular standard editions but i mean the swiss wood is still five dollars a pencil yeah, I still don't buy that either. I you have know, two. like, and there's, it's not even the most expensive pencil you can get by a long shot. And I'm not even talking about like novelty pencils or, you know, hand lacquered, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pencils from Japan made by monks or anything like that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really not that difficult to pay more than $2 a pencil for something that's not even that great, you know? Mm. Yeah. So... People are pitching a fit about it, but you know, I'm like, they haven't had a price jump in what, like five years. Yeah. Right. Everything like, else in my life has. Someone very nicely and, and in a civilized manner questioned, you know, something that I would like to know, you know, the, the rationale was the price of, of cedar has gone up or something along those lines. And I'd be curious as to like exact details of that. Like, why is that happening? We're not going to get that. Uh, oh, um, we're not going to get much more, I think, no, out of Palomino no. or Blackwing about that or Cal Cedar. Um, but I think it was in his interview, Charles, on Erasables, Charles went into the fact that the California wildfires have damaged a lot of the cedar forest. Yes. And he posited, I think that was om like over six months ago, that it was mm -hmm. going to increase the cost of cedar. Right. Yeah, and, that and that's sense. actually an ongoing effect because the wildfires have caused, you know, clear swaths of space, which has caused landslides, which has done further mm -hmm. damage to the, like right. that's, we're several years probably from even seeing the effects of that restabilize, even if they don't continue having massive wildfires. Right. So regardless, it, it got pretty ugly and it was pretty gross how some yeah. people, it, yeah. it devolved to like name calling, like really, like it's yeah. pencils. Yeah. So. And I'm actually also kind of, 
and I don't think I saw anybody bring this up, and I haven't been on Facebook very much this week, but I don't think that Palomino Blackwing is stupid enough to just raise their prices if they didn't need to. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, they've got to know <laughs> that this is, you know, that no matter what, fewer people are going to buy pencils at the higher price. So, you know, I can't imagine that they're just out to do this if it's not, I can't imagine they think it's a good business move if it's not a necessary business move. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, I'm just like, they're a company, you know, they're not a charity, whatever. If people mm-hmm. don't buy their pencils now, then that's, if they couldn't afford to make them at the other price point and they can't sell them at the higher price point, then we'll all miss out. And that's sad, but right. You know, I agree. Yeah. So the other thing is, um, I got my quick starter pencil caps. So this was a Kickstarter campaign that I think they're supposed to last like two weeks or less. And the guy, uh, I think his name is Gary Peng. Um, did 3D printed pencil caps. He initially offered very short caps, which having these in my hand now, I think the short caps would have worked for a long point as well. Um, so I did up my um, purchase to get the longer caps. They are 3D printed. They work pretty well. You put, kind of press them onto your pencil and give them a twist to really lock them in there. And I've been using one for since I got it so it's like a week and a half and it's very sturdy it doesn't quite clip to um the placard of my shirt if my pencil is long so like um movement will push it out but if I have a shorter pencil in it then it stays clipped to the placard of of my shirt so they're pretty good I enjoy them and I don't know if he's offering them for individual sales or if this was just like you know him paying for his 3d printer or not yeah. Um, in terms of what I'm drinking, uh, Christy and I have started getting this thing called Trade Coffee. Mm-hmm. So it's a company that partners with around 50 different coffee companies and they're, they're micro roasters and smaller roasters. I mean, they do also partner with um, um, Stumptown and companies like that. So not all micro roasters, but um, you can pick out what coffees you want or you can do like this random thing and they send you a bag of coffee and charge you for it so it's actually pretty affordable compared to buying from other places and uh, we get all kinds of really nice coffee so today I just finished my second cup of um, coffee from a company called Makina it's delicious really really good coffee so that's awesome I'm also now sipping some kombucha because I've been brewing it like crazy. (laughs) Um, I now have three gallons going because every time you make a brew, you double the amount of SCOBY that you have. Okay. It like replicates itself. It's really kind of cool. So it's, I'm kind of obsessing on it. I've got like, I've got a decaf and then I've got a half calf and then I've got a jasmine tea brewing and yeah, I'm really enjoying the weird, nerdy, gross science bit of it because every time you brew it, it ha- it creates this. Um, some people call it well, some people call it the mother, some people call it a mushroom, but it's a pad of cellulose on the top of it, 
And every time I show it to Chrissy, she's like, I don't know how I drink this stuff. That is so gross. That is so gross. Yeah, it um, is gross looking. It's very gross looking. And I, I, I posted some pictures of it. So after um, Lenore suggested uh, making mead like a Viking, I have been mainlining a whole lot of books on fermentation because it's really fascinating how fermentation works. Um, and I've, you know, fermented for a long time. Like I started fermenting when I was a kid with my family because my dad used to make blueberry wine and we would do sauerkraut and stuff like that. So um, I've then started, I read speed brewing, wild fermentation, and I've read like seven books on fermenting and canning in the last two weeks. Uh, a lot of a lot of fermentation stuff. Um, and I am writing with the very, very end nubbin of a golden bear and a bullet pencil Randy sent me. Oh, hey, Randy. Randy. I don't know if he listens. I, I don't know either. I don't know if he does podcasts. He hasn't been on Facebook very much lately. But if anyone ever needs a bullet pencil, Randy is the dude to hit up for one. He does great restoration work. Oh, they're so. Yeah, he he takes them and makes them look like they are new, even though they're yeah. 50, 60, 80 years old. Yeah, he does. Does great work. So that's it for me. Cool. Well, I guess we can get into our main topic now, which is journaling. Um, and this topic is very broad, so I'm going to narrow it down for us so we don't spend hours upon hours talking about journaling. Um, <laughs> because that could happen. Um, we already spent hours and hours talking about nothing. So, um, so really like what we I, do, <laughs> right. It's like, it's like the Seinfeld of podcasts. Um, it's a show about, <laughs> I thought every spot, every podcast was the Seinfeld of podcasts. Isn't that just like what we do? Like that's right. literally all 1857 is. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so no, I, I, really wanted to talk about journaling, you know, in the past we've talked about bullet journaling. We might even have talked about tools we use to journal perhaps. Um, but I really wanted to talk about the act of journaling, um, and a little bit of the tools, like what kind of journals you guys may use or, or whatever, what kind of journals I use. Um, I've been kind of on this personal quest of to find the right way to get my thoughts out on paper. Um, I've tried many, many different ways. I'm still kind of up in the air of what's going to work for me. Um, but I do um, know that journaling is something that I need to do. Like I I find that when I'm not journaling, it, I kind of have a lot going on in my head. And just being able to get on paper is really important. So I figured it would be a good conversation to have um, with both of you to see if you journal at all, Lenore. Or if uh, – you know, you do journal, what is the best method for you? So I guess I can just dive in myself um, first and talk about what I have been doing and what I want to be doing and kind of go from there. Um, so I've been journaling traditionally, like the typical, you have a blank journal and you write paragraphs of text about your day or what's bothering you. And, and that was working really well for me. Um, for about a year, I was journaling at least two or three times a week. Um, and then I kind of fell off the wagon like I do with most things. Um, and writing that paragraph was difficult. Um, I turned it into just journaling after therapy. So like as soon as my session was over, I'd go to the coffee shop right next door and sit down and just regurgitate what I talked about in therapy. 
even that was becoming difficult. Um, you know, and I was trying to think of a way to be a little bit more precise with it. Um, cause I still want to remember those things that I talked about, but I don't want to have to, you know, spend a lot of time. Um, and that's where, um, you know, basically the one line a day slash couple line quick journaling kind of came into play. And that's kind of where I'm sitting now. And convenient enough, uh, Baron Fig actually released a journal called the Grow Journal, um, which I haven't gotten in my hands yet, but it seems like something that is going to fit perfectly in this whole um, minimalistic journaling that I want to do. Um, I don't know if either of you have looked at the Baron Fig journal yet on their webpage. I, yeah. yeah, I looked at that link. I had um, actually shared the link with a couple of people, but it's, you know, again, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it, the first thing that resonated with me is they have very easy, slick ways to like talk about the type of journaling or the technique you're going to use. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of choices. In fact, I think there's too many choices. Um, you know, you can just record your thoughts. You can reflect on your thoughts. You can express gratitude. You can write down your wins. You can talk about your lessons you learned, musings, a check-in, or freestyle. So, I mean, I think a lot of those, there's a lot of overlap. Um, but it's structure, which I think is important. So, on a typical, um, you know, on a typical page, um, it has in the sidebar, like you just check off the box that you're going to be doing and then you just journal. So every day doesn't have to be the same. And it kind of gives you like that prompt to really think about what you want to do. Um, do you want to just write a sentence or two about your day? Do you want to express gratitude about, you know, something that happened today? Um, so I, I like that aspect of it. Um, and in the bottom they have what they call, uh, metadata. So, you know, check off your mood, check off the weather, um, that kind of stuff. You can put your location, the time, the date. Like, I mean, that's becoming a little too much. Um, mood tracker is totally fine. I kind of wish there was more options than three, which is happy, neutral, sad. Because um, we're never just happy, neutral, or sad. Um, I wish they had a little bit more there. Mm. Um, you know. And then, you know, they have a little like journal guide um, that gives you techniques like how to reflect and meditate on your thoughts. And, you know, I mean, I think that's good for people who have never journaled or people that, you know, never really thought about it in that way. Um, but I think that, that this w might work for me because I found that I do need structure. I found that I was getting intimidated by opening up, you know, a book, looking at the blank page and saying, Oh God, like I need to write now because I need to talk about what just happened and I need to kind of get that on paper where this gives me that option to just kind of, I don't know, just the, just the illusion of structure might be helpful for me. Um, I don't know how either you feel about that, about structure less since, since you kind of journal, um, you know, you had mentioned that, that the grow journal might be effective for you. Um, in what way? Um, well, I, I like having some structure, but I would probably ignore most of it once I got into it. So I yeah. I have been on and off the majority of my life since I was 10 years old, a regular journaler. And mm -hmm. when I was a kid, um, I my rule was every night I would write at least one page in my journal. 
And it could be about my day. It could be musings. It could be whatever. Usually it was about complaining about like crap that went on at school. Yeah. It was not like, you know, sometimes you'd like read about kids who have these like amazing deep thought journals. Mine, yeah. looking back on it, was <laughs> not deep at all. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, I've, I've used some structure in the past and that's been very effective and helpful for me. I don't know how much recording my mood for the day because generally speaking in a therapeutic sense, um, since this is something that I actually do professionally, um, is have people um use a journal when i have people track their mood in terms of therapy i don't mm -hmm. have them track it just once per day like your whole day is not going to be happy neutral or sad you are going to track it at least twice a day how do how were you when you woke up how were right. you at lunch how were you in the afternoon when you left work and how were you just before bed so right. usually i would have clients track their mood at least four times a day and really like write about what that emotional experience was for them in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, some people simplify it, but whatever. So I probably wouldn't use that. Um, but just having a journal where it's back to write at least a page or use this one page for that day, whatever it is that you're going to record. Right. So I think that would be helpful. I think it would also be a good framework for speed journaling where you start the morning by writing down three things that you're grateful for and an affirmation. And okay. then at the end of the day, you go back and, and sometimes you can, you can add into that three goals for the day, three things that you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, and then you go back at the end of the day and you reflect with just a couple of sentences about your day. Did you accomplish your goals? Do those goals need to move towards the next day? Um, and then just write one single sentence about the whole day. Um, right. So it, I think it would be a good framework for that sort of journaling. Um, as of right now, um, I've written or I've talked extensively about the fact that I'm bullet journaling now. Mm -hmm. And I am not using my bullet journal in a very traditional manner at all. Um, I've really gone and done my whole own thing with it. So I do have my monthly like log, the, the um, future log. And I do for my home, I do a um, weekend to do list or task list. And um in terms of logging things, I basically journal at the end of the night in that. And I'm also recording things. I'm going back to the kombucha. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm recording things like my, my experiments with my kombucha. Like, you know, what am I brewing? What does it taste like on, you know, day five? What does it smell like? You know, um, also like, so I've also got some other fermented things going. What do those look like? So I basically every night I do a fermentation log um, and log what the ferments are like that day. The other thing that I'm doing is so in my other podcast, I will have a page where I rapid log some ideas for that podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been really useful. Um, so it's not a traditional bullet journal anymore. It's very much made my own. I am doing a very traditional bullet journal for work. Um, so that's, I don't know. I am journaling a lot lately. Um, just a little tweaked for my own uses. 
Yeah, and I think that that's that's the thing. That's that happy medium between structure and not enough structure. Because mm. um, I think for me, why I stopped journaling in a traditional way, like, was because I felt like I had to write a lot to make it mean something. Yeah. You know, because I was generally doing, I was using a confident, confidant, and um, I would just devote one page per entry, you know? Mm. And it's not a big page, but it's big enough. And yeah. when I wouldn't fill the page, I'd be like, oh, God, like... I wasted paper. Right. Or, like, I feel like I'm leaving something out, and then I'd either write more things that I didn't even need to write, or, like, it just, it kind of, it kind of created pressure, which kind of defeats the purpose of journaling to yeah. relax or get your mind off mm -hmm. of things. Um, well, so there are... It, like going into some of the research that I did in grad school, there are a lot of different styles of journaling and some of them are helpful and some of them are actually make your mental health worse. So journaling, you kind of have to, like if you're recording things, come to an end, almost like you're finishing up a story. So like what is the yeah. end of your day? Right. Whereas if you are using your journal to ruminate or perseverate on things, you're actually making your symptoms worse. Yeah. Um, so the, and the research supports that there are a lot, there's been a lot of research into journaling and writing and bibliotherapy, um, and all of that. Um, and I'm having trouble forming thoughts, man, Allegra really like soups <laughs> up my brain, um, in a bad way. So yeah, um, so much research out there on what journaling can and can't do for you. But if you're using it to ruminate, then it's not helpful. No, because I don't know. There was something about when I would journal and then you're right, like kind of end that story. It was kind of like putting a bow on it and tying yeah, it up. Absolutely. It kind of felt resolved. It was almost mm -hmm. like, here's this thing and then here's what's going on. And then this is, you know, whatever the entries were. And I would like to go back and read that year long journal that I kept and see the entries that kind of ended on a more negative note mm -hmm. or a note that wasn't, you know, conclusive and remember back to, you know, like how was my like mental health during that period of time? Cause I guarantee you it probably wasn't great. And I think that my journal entries would reflect that. Um, yeah. but I've learned that I can, I'm, I'm not the traditional sit down at the end of the night and journal about my day. Um, mm. and I think I'm just going to use journaling for, you know, post therapy reflection and maybe do something shorthanded like, uh, you know, like, not necessarily gratitude journal, but like a, a three things kind of journal yeah. format. So one of the th other things that I've been doing in terms of journaling is thinking out thoughts. So one of, how do I explain this without seeming incoherent and <laughs> woo -woo. Um, I am integrating into a new workplace and I'm feeling really good with my coworkers. We're getting along really well, I think right now but there was this period of time where i and this is me this is i don't adjust well to new situations i have trouble making connections with people um because i'm anxious so yeah. one of the things that i would i do because i'm anxious is i perseverate and i ruminate on the things that i said i could have said this better or when yep. she said that was she responding badly to me and i'd overthink and so 
some of what I do with my journal, and I actually use my field notes for this more than anything else now, because I really see the field notes as almost disposable. Yeah. Um, so pocket notebooks are where I do a lot of it. And I do some of it in my bullet journal as well, but I tend to um, put my half-formed thoughts into the field notes like as they occur, and then I will more concisely and eloquently think it out in my bullet journal. Um, so like I was having, and sometimes it's about professional stuff. So yeah, I've been trying to have this conversation with one of my coworkers about um, the cultural sensitivity around 12 step groups and mm -hmm. how they respond to people who are atheist and agnostic. Okay. Um, and it's been a really interesting conversation because the pushback from 12 steps groups is if you're not able to find a higher power, then you're not working the program. Um, so it's, it's beyond the scope of today's show, but so I've been taking that sort of thought, like, how do I have this conversation saying, actually, when you say that to an atheist or an agnostic person, you are being really insensitive culturally and offensive to them because you're yeah. basically denigrating whatever path they've taken to becoming an atheist or agnostic and and saying like well if you don't have faith then you're not working this program but right so i've been trying to like hash that through in my journal and i think i just kind of talked it out a little bit um <laughs> and really make that a conversation that i can have with someone who's very into the 12-step program without pushing back and being as equally offensive to them as they were to me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good because it helps you, like you said, kind of collect your thoughts in a controlled manner as opposed to doing it on the fly. Yeah. Cause my first thought was like, F you don't, right. be a, don't, don't be a jerk about something. Here is someone who is an atheist and telling you that what you are doing is offensive, but right. you're going to ignore that and push back and be a, like really offensive to me. Right. Um, so it, part of what I use my journal for is to bite my tongue. <laughs> I think Good that's use. a very valuable use for it. Well, yeah. Um, so what about you, Lenore? Now, I know you said you don't journal, and I'm curious as to why it doesn't work for you. So partly it's just that I don't have a lot of space in my life to adopt another discipline that I don't feel like I really need. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like the everyday thing, like I have, I have a row in my bookshelves upstairs of fairly nice, you know, objects of, you know, of journal books, you know, nice mm -hmm. books that have a few pages written in. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sort of fell away from it. And then I was like, oh, but there's going to be a gap. You know, it's like the life cycle of a blog, right? You have yeah. three posts and then you have a gap and an apology post and then you have a longer gap and then apology post and then it's over, right? Like that's yeah. <laughs> most blogs, that's right? Right. So, um, yeah. So when Spawn was little, I you know, then I had a motivation to just sort of record her days. Uh -huh. And so I actually kept up with it fairly well through most of several years. You know, there would be gaps, but, you know, it would just be kind of a recording of like what she was doing, 
what we did as a family. And, you know, a lot of it was just, we went to these people's house for dinner today. We went to the zoo today. We, um, we did baby yoga. We did, you know, whatever, right. Traveling. This is our first time in this state. We have all of these states now, you know, so that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I really like looking back at that because I basically remember none of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I was not forming normal memories at that time. So um, it's nice for me to look back at that. But that's really kind of more what I'm interested in because the things I'm thinking about, I'm either kind of fairly open about them or I have people to talk about them with or – I ruminate on it long enough to end up writing it up for something, but not into a journal entry. So, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I kind of don't need it in my life. And the thing that would actually, you were talking about the, the grow journal, having the spaces to record the weather and, and things like that. And those are actually like events are kind of more of what I'd be interested in. So one of the things I really liked about the um, Word Notebooks standard memorandum was I would just have like a couple of tiny little notes about what I did. And I felt like that was something I could keep up with. And I had it in my pocket and I would write it down. And if I missed a couple of days, I didn't really care because I wasn't wasting space like you guys were talking about. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. So I guess mostly it's that I don't feel enough of a need to record my thoughts to make it worth actually sitting down and recording events. And I just don't get it done. But I would be really interested in that. So if I had something that made it easy for me to record like when the first daffodils came out when did i plant my peas last year when did it, you know like yeah yeah um you know a little bit more of the kind of uh oh you know what's his face the very famous oh samuel peeps you know that we have a lot of information about england from his journals or diaries you know so if I were recording that kind of stuff, I would actually find that useful and interesting to be able to go back to, but I just don't, mm-hmm. I don't do it. So maybe, maybe someday. Yeah, no, I mean, I think if I didn't have an explicit purpose, I would stop journaling. Like, like I had said, my only purpose for journaling now is to document the work that I do in therapy. I don't journal anymore about like, Hey, today was great. I had a good day at work and can't wait for tomorrow. Cause I'm doing this. Like, I don't do that anymore because I find that, I don't have time for that or space in my life. Um, you know, and it's those things don't strike me as important anymore. I mean, maybe they should be important, but I don't feel that it's important for me to just do mundane documentation of my life. Um, so I agree, Lenore, about that whole like space in your life for something um, that you don't find useful. Because I kind of feel that way about that typical journaling, the classic way to journal. On my search for different ways to journal and thinking about journaling, um, one thing came up a lot. In fact, just out of curiosity, I had typed in um, journaling for mental health into Google. And the first whole page almost (laughs) was art journaling. Mm. And 
I tried art journaling very briefly. Um, my, my own therapist suggested it because at that time I was having a hard time kind of getting my – expressing how I was feeling in general. Um, and she she suggested it might be a more creative way and a, an easier way for me to address my feelings and thoughts without having to put words on paper. Um, and I don't know very much that it worked for me in the sense that it – helped me express myself, but it definitely diffused a lot of anxiety at the time and it diffused a lot of stress. So, but my issue with what I found as a lay person to art journaling was how it's kind of been like co-opted by people. Commodified. Yeah. Like, like I was telling you before we started recording last, like the first three results were, you know, pages that were disguised as like, hey, here are great techniques about, you know, art journaling. And you click on the page and this person wants to sell you their book made for art journaling. And then they have a shop with all different kinds of, you know, supplies that you could buy elsewhere for half the price. Right. And then buy my free ebook that tells you or get my free ebook that tells you about journaling and then buy these other ebooks that I'm selling. It's so cynical. Yeah, right. And like, so I think the first, I think it was like page two halfway down on Google results that I found someone who was a qualified clinician, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, um, God, how do I talk about this without being an a-hole? Um, <laughs> so bef God, starting in 2009. So, um, nine years ago, I was a YouTube art journaler. I did instructions on YouTube, on how to art journal and I had a very um, free, loose and empowering manner of art instruction for art journaling. Um, and that was not popular. Um, I did have artjournaling.ning.com, which was a forum, a site where people could share all of their art journaling stuff. It was mostly free. I did have some paid classes, but the paid classes that I had on it were specifically about art instruction and less about art journaling. It was basically, here's some drawing instruction and how to use pencils to draw um, versus how this is how you should art journal. And one of the things that I ran into with a lot of other art journaling instructors is that there was very much a this is how you art journal type of mentality that people really seem to want. Um, and people really fed into that and it created a great deal of um, celebrity almost around art journaling. So there were superstars of art journaling who were making hundreds of thousands of dollars selling instruction or uh, publishing books and all of the people that I used to work with um, who were um, art journaling instructors have all gone on to publish books about art journaling. Um, and it's been quite profitable for them. So, you know, good for them, good on them for being able to publish a book and whatnot. Um, but it was also a very pres prescriptive method of art journaling. Like, here's how you do this. You use this colored pencil to create this face color. You use this colored pencil to do this. And you want to use the Karan Ash uh, water-soluble crayons to create this style. 
And it was yeah. all very much about teaching style. And people went on to sell coloring book pages um, and basically paint by number style art art journaling. And it is a very prescriptive style. It is there's a celebrity around it. Um, which was not something that I really wanted to do. I was really looking at it in terms of this is what makes me feel good. This is what helps me get through my day. And um, so anyway, that's why I ended up going to grad school to become a therapist because people were taking my classes and using them as an adjunctive to therapy. And I saw a lot of people using other people's classes and getting gaslit and having really horrible results as a result of people being unethical well not necessarily unethical if they were a therapist their behavior and their methods would have been incredibly unethical um but it wasn't because they were just art teachers and this is not for your mental health you might have some positive mental health benefits but um if you have a breakdown and don't have a therapist that's on you that was sort of right. the mentality but anyway, I digress. I could talk, I could rant <laughs> about art journaling and the celebrity um, and the commodification of art journaling for hours because it is definitely a sore point. I think a lot of people have taken something that is really, really positive and turned it into, I mean, it's like scrapbooking. Um, art journaling is where scrapbooking was about 20 years ago. It's very profitable and people are going to use it. And it's unfortunate because it is, it can be a very powerful tool for mental health. Right. It's just that like, it really was kind of frustrating because the whole purpose of art journaling, you know, kind of loses its message by these people just profiting off of it. It, it just, I don't know. It's, it, it, it frustrated me because it's something that I was considering approaching again. Um, mm -hmm. And because of the nature of how I am about anything, um, I started to read about, you know, art journaling and I'm like, oh man, this is totally poking at the part of me that's very much like I need to have the perfect thing and the perfect setup before I go ahead and do something. Yep. Um, you know, so like, for example, totally not about journals, but like running this Dungeons and Dragons campaign, I spent hours online looking for the perfect miniatures to buy to represent <laughs> my characters. And then, you know, all these other things like, so it just, I feel like it would have created more stress and anxiety. And like, I really wish it didn't have to be that way. So it's some, it, I don't know. It's something that came up that I thought, you know, I'd bring up because I know how, um, knowledgeable you are less about everything well art journaling was was my thing and i was very very involved in it from about starting in 2006 until probably about five years ago um you know yeah i did a lot of it and i was very invested in it and i think some of the joy that i had in it was taken away by this commodification of it turning it into something that is very profitable whereas i saw it as something that anyone could do and enjoy and learn how to express themselves by delving into the wonder and feel and mindfulness inherent in using an art supply yeah but i'll stop pontificating um, <laughs> i'm shocked shocked that someone would take something from the mental health um field and turn it into a profit 
driven kind of. <laughs> it's a perfect I mean, way to how prey could that on people. Um, it really is. And you know, I can you get people offline most vulnerable. tell you some stories. Yeah. <laughs> offline, I can tell you some horror stories. Yeah. Great. Another final little point of this, because we're, you know, we're pretty far in, um, is the type of journaling that people do that is kind of not traditional. So, for example, one thing that came up was um, dream journaling, because it's something, uh, you know, Baron Fig actually, keep going back to Baron Fig. Yeah. Um, they uh, released, um, I don't know how long ago, it was a while ago, a Wander Dream Journal. And I got a review copy of this. Um, I really liked the design of it. Um, it. It had like this navy blue cover with like moon and stars and all that stuff. And I then began to realize I recall maybe one dream a month. And I thought about how realistic that would be to keep a dream journal. I mean, one could uh, potentially keep one for the rest of their lives and never fill it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, want to I don't your remember thoughts on my that. dreams or either. Um, keeping a dream, and I tried this when I was younger. I tried recording mm-hmm. my dreams, but I really, I've never really remembered my dreams. I wake up and they're gone. Um, right. Even if I, I do some. Um, active dreaming techniques that because I do have nightmares um and so I use some active dreaming techniques to try and reduce my nightmares and uh but even then I don't remember them so right um it's kind of a useless technique for me but um I really enjoy the look of the wander journal I love the elastic so I'm just planning on using that um as just a regular journal. I'm just going to use it as my bullet journal at some point. Right. Yeah, because, that I mean, was me. I love the outside of it. But, yeah. you know, I was kind of like, oh, it's a shame about the inside. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> not useful for me. Right. Again, like, you know, they have a dream log where, you know, it says indicate the emotion during your dream. Like, I mean, the dreams I mostly remember are either really sexual dreams or really violent dreams. So, <laughs> you know. That's it. Like well, I, I horny remember wasn't a, an option. <laughs> right. So, you know, like, so for me, you know, like they give you, th- again, they just give you three options. There are many, many more emotions than just three. Um, right. But that, I mean, that limit can act as a writing prompt, right? True, right. Because true. the fact that they're saying that they're giving you this kind of trinary and you're like, that does not even cover. <laughs> right. Because it they, gives you something to write about right there. Right. And they, they put it in positive, neutral, or negative. You know, so positive would be joyful or excited. Neutral would be indifferent or calm, which to me, calm is positive because I'm rarely calm. So, you know, like, it just, it's limiting there. <laughs> YMMP. The only benefit to this, the only tracking benefit is it has you rate your sleep quality, which is something everyone can do every day when you wake up. Right. But then that doesn't need to be part of the... No. Well, yeah. So that could be part of your grow journal too, but... My Fitbit does that for me. Right. Yeah, but but (laughs) not everybody has that yet, even even now. Um, What do you think about the clear habit and the show and tell? Not to, so, again, not to make this about Baron Fig, but they do have kind of these four different aspects of. Right. So the daily. clear habit I looked at and it gives me anxiety. <laughs> like, because I have trouble sticking to habits. 
I'm not really sure what it's really meant to be doing. Right. So, like, it's weird. Like, because it has a habit tracker. So, like, you put a habit. Say, like, drink more water every day. And then it has, you circle the month, and then it has 1 through 31. And every day you do it, you check it off. But, like... What's I get it. I get it's tracking your habits. That's what it is. But to me, it's just too much. Like, uh, okay. I, you know, cause I was looking at the, um, all right, I see. So the habit tracker is one day, but then the regular page is like one line per day. And I don't really right. understand. Oh, it's a one line per day journal. Okay. So the right. habit tracker is separate from the one. I feel like it's trying to do, it's trying to do, they say it's trying to do four different things. Habit tracking, decision making, productivity, and health and fitness. They lost me at health and fitness. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like. I think it's meant to go along with the clear habit book, right? Right. Which I'm so not you're meant to use the various habits. Yeah. Yeah. You're meant to, you're meant to use a very specific technique along with it, right? Okay. And so perhaps that would take away a lot of anxiety because then maybe this book will, it, according to them, it will you know teach us the science behind clear to prepare for the new year and your new journal. Because you know I'm going to say again, like I really like this cover. I like the styling yeah. of this book a lot, but I'm not that interested in the guts of it. Right. But yeah. the daily, you know, the one line per day journal actually would be just about my speed, not for tracking habits. That's but. what they just need to do. You know what they need to do? They need to um, release, um, uh, hold on, a small Like the five-year journal? I, I actually have one of those and I haven't used it yet because I'm so like, oh, God, if I start using it now, there's no turning back. Um, but they should release a Vanguard with the guts of a one line per day or like a very simplistic. <gasps> That's inside. a brilliant idea. Cause then I would be more apt to do it. Number one, because they're cheap and they're flexible. There's something about the Vanguard that feel makes like me so much commitment. I mean, I right. feel like I could, it's so approachable. Right. And, you know, again, like I'm, I'm far from loving everything that Baron Fig does, but I have to say my entire life is organized into a stack of flagship vanguards right now. Like every (laughs) project I have going is in those. Right. Because they're just such a good, happy medium sort of utility object. Yes. They're great. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe because that's the thing. I have many confidants. But I am afraid to use them because it's a commitment. Yeah. Well, and it's a lot to, you know, for me, fundamentally now, it's a lot to carry around. It's just like, that's where I am. Like, I might even use one, but I don't want to, sorry, I don't want to mix projects in it because all my projects take different amounts of time. You know, they're like on different time scales or they take different amounts of paper or whatever. Right. And I can't have six confidants going no that's unrealistic so so like there's a midori five-year diary um i mean i've looked at several of these and i haven't committed but if i could get over feeling like i was a failure if i left some spaces blank and just be glad for what's there 
you know, kind of for the same thing I was talking about before of, oh, you know, oh, this is what this is where we were five years ago. Oh, I remember that trip. I'd forgotten all about that. Right. You know, that kind of stuff I would like to have in my life. And I actually this is I really enjoy the memories popping up on Facebook because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. You know that. Wow. Has that been seven years? Or, you know, my husband and I had been talking about when did we get this washing machine? Like, I don't remember. And then like two days later, it popped up in my Facebook memories. And I was like, six years ago is when we got this washing machine, (laughs) as it turns out. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think getting back to my idea for Baron Fig, if they're listening, which they probably don't. But if they are listening to this podcast, make a portable version of something that I can use and I will use it more often. So talked about dream journaling. We talked about art journaling. Um, the final thing I want to talk about, because it's something I didn't think about till I read about it. And that's something called vision journaling where like you ever guys ever hear of like vision boards, you know, you, you kind of have yeah. a cork board and you, you know, do a collage of, magazine cuttings of what you want your life to be or what your goal is as with so many of these things it just looks so (laughs) self-absorbed to me right so like i don't know i just i think you know a lot of the stuff i've done the research i've done on vision journaling it's basically writing down your dreams over and over until they come to fruition um keeping yourself on track and you know help help you like work through the the steps to achieving your dreams. It's just, again, it falls into that category of like, what are we really doing here? Um, let's take pictures of our journal pages for Instagram kind of thing. So I don't know. I don't know. That's how... what it looks like to me. Right. It looks like, it looks like inspiration for Pinterest people. Right. And, and again, that detracts from the true nature of journaling, which to me I define as something that, you know, is intensely personal. So a vision journaling is, purposeful for you that's fine but i feel like there's this like with there's a specific purpose like i feel like i feel like i don't know maybe it's just my own skewed view of journaling but i feel like it should accomplish something whether it be something tangible or something emotional psychologically but i don't know i feel like certain things detract from that and i think it's just it adds to that noise of journaling 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 and then people get the wrong idea of journaling and then you know i don't know i i don't know where i'm going with this but i just i kind of feel like it's just not necessary to have so many ways to do something so simple you know we're we're running down that what that cliff again of yucking people's yum and i don't want to I don't want to be like that. So, you know, if people like to do a little shrine to their goals or if they do find it therapeutic or just enjoyable to decorate their bullet journals, like Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying that there needs to be a space for recognizing that you can find utility in this and you can find joy in it. And either one of those, if it's enough for you, like what, maybe, maybe there's room for us to be on different places in the utility joy spectrum (laughs) (laughs) Um, of whether we find this to be worth our time and our effort. And what makes me 
What really makes me sad is if I see people saying, well, I'm not going to do this thing, even though I kind of want to, because it can never be as good as all this stuff I'm seeing. And, right. that, you know, which is kind of what has happened to me, right? I, I have a really pretty sort of, you know, leather bound journal with beautiful, creamy, white, smooth paper that I have written five pages in, but I felt like it had to be deep thoughts. And I felt like it had to be in the same pen and I had to have good handwriting and I had to be, um, you know, using full sentences. Right. And then it got to be too much trouble for a couple of days. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then I came back to it and I have this beautiful object with five pages written in it. Right. <laughs> Right. You know, that I now that now has no utility to me at all and in fact is inducing guilt. And like that's where I really get frustrated is if people feel like there has to be this certain thing that you're doing or you're doing it wrong, right? And so releasing myself from that was actually hugely freeing and saying, you know, well, if I have something that's just sort of cheap and crappy and I, you know, and I can actually use it. And I'm not worried if I miss a couple of weeks, like that's what makes it work, work for me. And that's what makes it have the utility of, Oh, look at that. I'd forgotten about that. Right. Right. So I'm not looking to yuck anybody's yum here. I really am not. I just, I don't want us to buy into getting caught up into, you have to do it this way and you have to buy all these materials and you have to, you know, follow this and do that and whatever. Cause you just, you know, try something. And if it works for you, great. And if not, take what works for you and move on. Right. I think, I think in terms of going back to the photo stuff or the visual um, journaling type thing, everyone processes things in their own way. And so yeah. like, I think the photo journaling in particular, whether it's an Instagram thing or like when I used to do it, flicker um is something everyone processes emotions in their own way and i do know that in the past people have used sort of a one thing a day type photo mm -hmm. uh, journaling method to encapsulate their emotions for that day or to look for something positive in their day and there is so if you start your day off looking for something that's pretty or beautiful or that you're grateful for then you set your day off in a positive manner. And that is, I mean, there's been research done on it that shows that it is really positive and really effective for some people. Yes. Cool. I think where my yuck came in was not that at all. That I agree with. It's the other people, I guess, not the journalers themselves, I think. It's the companies or individuals that try to manipulate the process because you're right less the you know picture a day or like just a you know like I used to do that for Instagram too every day just take a picture of something interesting in fact I liked your picture with the key on the thing that was really cool um you know I think that's where my disdain comes from not necessarily what works for certain people mm. well I think again you're you're coming into that thing where people are commodifying a process yeah. And I think that's right. It's, it sounds like that's where your yuck is coming in. Yes, exactly. You so eloquently put that. But I think that's 
I think that's where a lot of us get our our yucks, you know, like we're, we're yucking, not the process itself. We're yucking someone trying to make a buck off of a process that is inherently free. Right. Right. And, and that's also not to say that everybody should be putting Mm -hmm. their work online for free and nobody should be getting paid to do anything, you know, like, so there's, again, like there's that balance to be struck. If you're actually providing some value added, I do think it's fair for people to be able to make some money back off of the time that they're spending doing that. Um, but there's like, there's a cynical kind of line that I think you cross at some point. Right. Mm. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. I think this Stupid is a good capitalism, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we come full circle. Capitalism about pencils, capitalism about journaling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think this might be a good stopping point because um, we agree. are kind of long. Um, like always, I just want to thank everyone for listening and being supportive, um, both on our website and via the Facebook group. Um, it's really great to get support from everybody. And um, I just want to give a quick thank you to them to, you know, for their support. Um People who have sent me private messages saying, I really liked what you talked about. People that have sent public messages to all of us saying how much they love what we talked about. So if you like what we do, um, if you could just share a link on your social media, let people know. um, That's the best way for us to get recognized out there, um, you know, in the podcastosphere. I just made up that word. So you can find us online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. You can find me, Dade, at weeklypencil.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. Les, what about you? You can find me at comfortableshoesstudio.com, Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio, Instagram, and Twitter at Original LC Harper. What about you, Lenore? I am on the Facebook group, either the RSVP group or the Erasable group. You can find me there, and I hope you'll give me a shout out. 